Late Night Health continues. I'm Mark Allen, along with the insane Daryl Wayne. Um, I have been a caregiver. I've said that numerous times on the show. It is not. It's not a a, a fun job. It, it just isn't. Um, there are all kinds of issues and problems, and maybe we can get some of those issues and problems solved. Our guest is Sarah Cantor, Doctor Sarah Cantor. Uh, she has authored a new book, Positive Caregiving, Caring for Older Loved Ones Using the Power of Positive Emotions. We go to Lincoln, Nebraska. We haven't been there for a long, long time. And we welcome you in, uh, uh, Dr. Sarah. Thank you for having me. Um, caregiving is not a fun job. I think it's not a fun job if if you're hired to take care of a stranger or a strange couple, you know, somebody you don't know. And there are a lot of professional caregivers out there right now. And we need more of them as America and the world turns gray. Um, But taking care of a parent or a loved one, oh my gosh, that's so hard. That's true. It can be really difficult. I mean, if you're caring for someone that you love, it's typically because they have some kind of a chronic disease that they need assistance with, or there's been an acute illness or an acute injury. And that in itself is scary. It can be stressful. Um, It can cause a lot of fear and anxiety. Um, If it's a long-term illness or a terminal illness or age-related changes like memory changes that need long-term care, that can cause frustration and guilt and all these negative emotions to arise. But I think that it's important that we tell the other side of the story. There are multiple research studies that show that most people, after they make it through the caregiving journey, will say that it was a positive experience in the greater picture of things, that they're glad that they do it. And of course, as we talked about, there's um, always certain exceptions to that. Some people will need help, outside help. Most people will need outside help. And that may even be help in the form of a living community where your loved one can reside full time. That doesn't take away the role of caregiver as a loved one even if your loved one is residing in a care home. But again, the whole reason I wrote this book is to tell the other side of the story and to offer a path forward where we can use some of the positive emotions that are available to us as humans to build our own personal resilience so that even as we get out on the other side of the caregiving journey, we come out stronger and we have skills for that last a lifetime. Uh, my wife and I have binged in the last couple of days a uh, um, uh, an Amazon Prime show with love. And in the second season, which unfortunately ended for us last night, um, the patriarch of the family, who's an outgoing, upbeat uh, uh, Latino man, is starting to suffer from dementia. He is, he doesn't remember who people are, but his family has gathered around and said to, to their abuela, we're gonna help. 
is that something that's good to, to have a caregiving family rather than just on one person? Oh, absolutely. I mean, I think that most people, family and friends, want to help. I mean, I, I think that that's just innate in us. Um, I do think, I mean, I would always advocate for having a point person or a, a primary caregiver that can kind of help manage all the moving parts, because a lot of times there are multiple moving parts, and there are technologies that are available to help with that as well. But I, I really do think having a a group, um, having the whole family involved, is is a fantastic um, blessing, quite frankly. Because sometimes people don't have that luxury of having a lot of people that live in proximity and can offer hands, but. Again, if you ask, most people do want to help. They just need to know how. Yeah, and, and just on a, on a positive side, um, the, um, the, uh, the, the, the character who is in early stage dementia couldn't remember who he was playing chess with, but he beat the pants off him. <laughs> he did checkmate him. Um, I think most people as they grow older, they don't want to go to assisted living. They don't even want to go to a retirement village. They, they want to stay at home. That's, that's what all the research says. And I think that just anecdotally, like talking to anyone that I've talked to in my research studies, et cetera, that's, that's the overwhelming, you know, there are benefits to some people that um, maybe widows, et cetera, that, find community in independent living or in assisted living if they need it. But um, I think the overwhelming, you know, opinion of most Americans is that they want to stay in their own home or in their own communities where they reside. Uh, I've, recently, I've recently had the, um, uh, the opportunity to interview uh, Dr. Gladys McGarry. She's 102 and still practicing medicine. She's a Thank consulting you. doctor. Uh, and she's uh, known as the mother of holistic uh, medicine. Um, she's not living on her own, but she is sharp as a tack. Why is it that some people are like that and, and, and live to 187? They drink, uh, you know, a quart of vodka or whiskey <laughs> every day and smoke two, two uh, cartons of cigarettes. And then some people at 50, I know somebody in his late 50s who has major dementia issues. Yeah, I, I think that that's continues to be a great, mis not only mystery, but um, argument or, or discussion topic amongst all geriatricians and gerontologists. But I think it helps to think about as humans, we are multifaceted. We're not just our biology, right? We're our psychology, we're our emotions, we are our social surroundings. So I always talk about we age individually, biologically, psychologically, socially, and spiritually at different rates. And so someone who might be biologically 102, um, you know, they might Biologic, I mean, their age might be 102, but their biology would make them seem to be in their 70s. Whereas someone in their 50s, their biology or the, their physical capabilities 
might mean, you know, might be more like a 95 year old. But I think that it's important to recognize that every individual ages differently. And we just don't know all of the reasons. Lifestyle, of course, is is part of it, but it certainly isn't all of it. So um, I think just continuing to acknowledge and honor each individual as an individual is really important. Uh, our guest is Dr. Sarah uh, Cantor, uh, PhD. Are you a gerontologist? You're a, you're a psychologist? I'm a gerontologist. A gerontologist. Uh, briefly, and I hope we have the time for this answer, why did you choose to pick, why did you decide to work with old people? Well, I don't typically say it's working with old people. I, I like to look at it as gerontology is the study of life. So it's looking at how do we change, again, biologically, psychologically, socially, and spiritually as we get older. Got it. But what's the average age of your patients? You know, again, going back to the individual perspective, um, it's typically now it's trending more in the 80s and 90s. That's that's a little older, uh, Sarah. (laughs) (laughs) It is. It is. And and God willing, we'll all get there someday. Uh, This is Late Night Health. I'm Mark Allen. Join us at LateNightHealth.com. Pretty pictures of uh, uh, the insane Daryl Wayne, uh, as well as me, and we'll have uh, a picture of uh, Dr. Cantor and her book up on our website soon as well. Uh, We're going to take some time out. We'll be back in just a couple of moments as Late Night Health moves forward. Late Night Health is proud of our partnership with the EBC, the Evolutionary Business Council. Check them out at ebcouncil.com. You're listening to Late Night Health with Mark Allen. The show continues in a moment. Recently, I met Jacqueline from Bright here in Los Angeles. She gave me a hearing exam and then showed me how to hear again with the new Signia Pure Series hearing aids, and she can give you your life back, too. I hear birds chirping, birds cooing, and even my wife. They easily connect to my smartphone. The Signia hearing aids are amazing, and with the charge and go, I don't have to fiddle with batteries and hear all day long. Not hearing is frustrating for you and your family. I know, you don't have a problem, but trust me, call Bright here now for a free hearing exam, a $125 value, yours free, just for making an appointment now. There are offices throughout the Los Angeles area. Call Bright here now at 323-424-7100. That's 323-424-7100 for a free hearing exam. There's no obligation. Call now, 323-424-7100, or visit them on the web at brighthere.com. If you're listening to Late Night Health right now, you're part of the growing target of baby boomers we're serving. Hi, I'm Daryl Wayne, producer of Late Night Health, inviting you to join the Late Night Health family. If you have any business targeting the growing boomer market, Late Night Health is the ideal advertising vehicle for you. From vitamins to insurance, alternative health to Western-style medicine, Late Night Health caters to the growing population of those over 40 years old. This vibrant demographic has expendable income to fight aging, purchase travel, take care of aging parents or just have fun. Find out about the advertising opportunities with Late Night Health. Call us at 805-391-0308. That's 
391-0308 or email us at info at latenighthealth.com. That's info at latenighthealth.com. Join Late Night Health as we empower people to take charge of their own health care. Call now at 805-391-0308. That's 805-391-0308. Sometimes it's not what you say, it's how you say it. Words are a critical aspect of success. How you get your point across is a crucial part of what makes anything sell. So do it right and hire a writer. Whether it's articles, blog posts, technical writings, website content, product descriptions, or ghostwriting anything from a novel to a nonfiction book about your navel, contact Servette Hassan. If you want it to sell, write it right. Email Servette at Servette at ServetteHassan.com. It's time to tackle a tough topic, one that affects us all. We're talking about sexism in the workplace. The award-winning Identifying the Elephant in the Room series is back and ready to tackle some complicated communications issues again. This spring, we're focusing on critical communication strategies in the face of sexism. Join us as we hear from professionals in the natural products industry who have valuable career lessons to share and real-world experience to discuss from all sides of the elephant. It's time to have an honest and open conversation about the impact of sexism in the workplace and how we can make it better for everyone. Identifying the Elephant in the Room series starts March 16th. Register today at inisibox.vfairs.com. That's I-N-I-C-I-B-O-X dot V F-A-I-R-S dot com. And join the conversation to be part of the solution. I'm Mark Allen, along with the insane Daryl Wayne. We're, um, we're we're talking about positive caregiving with the author of a new book called Positive Caregiving, Caring for Older Loved Ones Using the Power of Positive Emotions. Our guest is Dr. Sarah Cantor. Uh, Sarah, um, most people go through watching their parents age uh or or friends i have a friend he's in his late 80s and i remember him in his 40s playing tennis and he he stopped playing tennis about five years ago it it hurts me to watch him now well i think that um as we get older everyone everyone will experience some losses so losing some of those, um, you know, playing tennis or other hobbies might become more difficult. But I think it's important, and this is part of the message of the book, is how do we continue to move forward and live a significant and engaging and meaningful life even amidst those losses? So how do we find other things to fulfill our well-being and our soul? as we move forward. Uh, Oops, was that you, Daryl, or is that me? You sound a little gargly. Uh, Okay. Um, You know, having empathy for a loved one makes sense. Uh, We had some caregivers for my mother and uh, my in-laws, and they all expressed empathy. Uh, but at the end of the day, they were making you know, 25 bucks an hour. We're in the wrong business, Daryl. <laughs> uh, uh, or more. 
Um, and I think that's uh, about an average nationally on, 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 on paying, you know, basic babysitters because that's what they are. They're not medical people. They don't give drugs. They, they don't give shots. Uh, they don't take blood pressure and all that. But people need, some people need to be monitored. Um, is empathy an important part of being a positive caregiver? Absolutely. I think empathy in general is um, an important emotion and skill that we can, I mean, we're born with empathy, but it's something that can be practiced and developed over time. And so recognizing it's not just empathy for someone's current situation. It's also empathy of understanding our loved ones and the people we're caring for. Where is their worldview coming from? What are the experiences and the um, the interactions that they've had throughout their life that has created their own worldview? And how do we um, honor that and support them based on their own life experience. And so empathy is all part of that equation. And, and at the same time, is it, is it is it a little selfish to have empathy, thinking, oh my God, I don't want to, I, I feel really sorry they can't feed themselves anymore. I don't want to, I don't want to be there. Well, I... I guess when I was writing the book, it wasn't necessarily about empathy being just about putting yourself in the other person's shoes. Empathy is also a path to other positive emotions. So having empathy for the person you're caring for, the lo your loved one or someone you're caring for, is actually a path for forgiveness and a path to love and a path to other positive emotions. So, you know, there are times, as we've talked about, in the caregiving journey where people will be frustrated or feel overwhelmed and stressed. And so empathy can help you refocus on what matters most and on you know the actual relationship that you have with your loved one and find yourself for, to forgiveness. And through forgiveness, then you can keep moving forward. Otherwise, sometimes people get stuck in ruts and get... Um, overwhelmed and then when a person may pass it would seem to me that it would um you'd go even further into into a depression yeah i think that's another thing is how do we keep gratitude and empathy forgiveness love and awe some of those positive emotions at the center of the caregiving journey so that as you face those difficult challenges that you can return to those things and use them and, and build, strengthen them, excuse me, as you come out the other side of the relationship or the journey. You know, not, a, not every caregiving journey ends in death. I mean, a lot of times people are taking care of a loved one who's had an acute you know, injury. Maybe they've fallen. And so it's a short-term care experience. And... It, it you know I, I'm thinking of, of catastrophic and and you uh, you brought me back to you know somebody falls down maybe breaks a bone but if they break a hip somebody over sixty breaks a hip that's the beginning of the end generally 
it's they don't know i i don't know of any studies of course i don't read medical journals because i talk i don't i don't i'm not a doc um but it seems that there's some kind of connection between that hip bone and uh and six feet under <laughs> well there there have been some studies there um i haven't read anything recently but you know when i was in school of course there are some studies that relate hip fracture to um, ongoing challenges but it's not for everyone and i think that's the important message as well is that maybe that is for a percentage of people but there's a large percentage of people that it isn't the end how do you um how do you go through being a caregiver being positive helping somebody loving somebody watching them deteriorate and then as i said being a little oh my god i don't want that to happen to me it's like it's like they say there are no atheists in a foxhole during a war well maybe maybe this is an important part of our adult adult you know development is caring for our older loved ones because it gives us you know upfront information and data and experience to prepare us for our own future and again i think that when we care for older loved ones it's an opportunity for us to regain our own perspective what matters most in life and what do we want out of our own life and maybe uh, i'm just looking at it from a selfish standpoint i i'd, I'd like to think i'm not but i think it's a i think that would be a common reaction well, I think, yes, fear. I think it all boils yeah. down to fear, right? I mean, there's fear of losing our loved one. There's a fear of our own aging experience, fear of our own impending death. But again, that's where we can use emotions like awe. Awe is one of my favorite antidotes to fear. When you can lose your sense in an experience or a sight or a sound where everything, time seems to stop, you lose ego and you feel connected to something bigger. It can happen when you're looking at a work of art or you're amidst nature or if you're listening to a wonderful song. Those are all great things as an antidote to fear. And you can also do that with your loved one, can't you? you indeed, yeah, absolutely. You know, listening to, uh, to music of the 40s, if somebody's in their 90s, I think would be great. The name of the book, Positive Caregiving, Caring for Older Loved Ones Using the Power of Positive Emotions. Sarah Cantor, Dr. Sarah uh, Cantor. And uh, I'm assuming this is available wherever fine books are sold, like Amazon. That's correct. Right. Do you have a website as well? Yes, positivecaregiving.com. Yeah, I should have guessed that. <laughs> Sarah, thanks for joining us. We really appreciate it. Uh, we're out of time. Thank you, Daryl. My pleasure. Thank you. And we'll see you next week. I will actually be in the studio with Daryl next week. Uh, yeah, promises, promises. I know. I'm supposed to be there today, but that damn insurance company. Well, nothing's going <laughs> Have a good week, everybody. Uh, have a great week. Most importantly, have a healthy week. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye for now.